I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah? Because I know what this is. It will maybe sound a little bit arrogant, but also bitter. That's the way how my opponents try to disqualify me. They say, yeah, go and listen to him. It's amusing, but don't take it too seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I still think that you can do both things, that you can be amusing and at the same time very serious. And very briefly, so that I don't get lost, I will tell you why. I have here a theory which is very tragic. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you notice how the, all the best movies about Holocaust are comedies? Oh, yeah. La Vita e Bella and others. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when terror reaches a certain level, you cannot do it as a tragedy. A tragedy means that if I'm, sorry for the bad taste example, if I'm torturing you, you still act as a hero. You say, no, you open your breast, do whatever you want, mm. I will not. But sorry, when you are really in a place like uh, Auschwitz or Gulag, you lose this dignity. And the only way to survive it is through stupid humor. Mm. And I can confirm it. Jokes are too tasteless, I will not give... But do you know there was a whole subspecies of Auschwitz humor in Bosnian, of Srebrenica humor. So I also das heißt, accept der Humor, der da drin steckt, ist eigentlich die einzige Waffe, um mit ihrer Theorie, mit der, mit der Tiefe auch umzugehen, mit dem, was sie uns sagen wollen. Ja, aber not because I'm not really deep, I hope I am in some sense, but because... You know, I'm not the usual Marxist. My message is a very pessimist one. Genau, und die werden wir heute ein bisschen anschauen. Sie sind einer der bekanntesten, aber auch umstrittensten Intellektuellen unserer Zeit. Sie wurden auch als gefährlichster Philosoph des Westens bezeichnet. Manchmal auch als Elvis der Kulturtheorie und so weiter. Sie schreiben. I hate that. Ich weiß, dass Sie das hassen, ich habe es trotzdem gesagt. Sie schreiben über Popkultur, über Politik, über Toiletten und Sex, genauso wie über Marx und Hegel. Und das, wie ich finde, immer auf eine überraschende Art. Sie schauen, sagen immer, die Dinge sind genau andersrum, als wir meinen. Und das ist das Interessante. Und heute wollen wir in der, dieser Stunde mal so ein bisschen die Theorie von Slavoj Žižek und die Denker, die dahinter stehen, besser verstehen. Ich add something? Ja. It's along your lines. I am getting tired of this rhetorische figur of mine. Die Dinge sind aber anders, the other way around. Isn't it that quite often today we find a kind of a double trick, like in Ukraine? Those who should have been against Russian aggression, in a way admit but deny the obvious fact. Russia attacked a smaller country, and you know what's the usual phrase? Mm. No, no, it's not so simple. Things are more complex. Mm. So sometimes the very reference to depth and complexity can make us forget the obvious fact. Ja, das stimmt, das stimmt. Über die Ukraine müssen wir auch noch reden. Bevor wir aber über die Theorie dahinter mm. reden, hinter ihre Kulturanalysen und Zeitanalysen, ähm, die viele kennen, ähm, müssen wir, glaube ich, persönlich anfangen. Sie sind äh, 73 äh, geworden. Leider, ja. Wie geht es Ihnen gesundheitlich, persönlich? Äh, ich habe ein äh, äh, schweres Diabetes und so weiter, einige Herzprobleme. Sorry, but to make a philosophical joke. 
Sometimes I forget that I don't speak German, you know. <laughs> I simply do it. No, but quite seriously, now I will say something again to shock people. But I mean it so seriously. My solution is I apologized, and I mean it very seriously. Mm. My solution to survive all these troubles and slowly getting senile is Arbeit macht frei. I think that the Nazis just brutally misused this idea. It's not that the idea is Nazi. No, this was a bad joke. Of course, in Auschwitz, Arbeit doesn't uh, work, doesn't make mm. you free. But I think what allows you to survive in these crazy times, I have problems with my illness, I worry about situation in the work, is to have as a kind of a grunt ritual, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a field of work, and you stick to it at any cost. When I had COVID recently, and it wasn't a serious one, but I was very tired, no, no, the work went on. Und das ist wichtig, das gibt Ihnen Halt, yeah, die but Arbeit. it must be, I wouldn't call myself creative, it's too arrogant, but work which means something to you, which is deeply satisfactory. Mm -hmm. I cannot survive das heißt, without sie, Das heißt, Sie sind nicht ruhiger geworden. Sie machen immer noch viele, also Sie schreiben also fast 100 Bücher geschrieben, muss man sagen. Sie schreiben weiter, machen Vorträge, it's, Interviews. It's different versions of the same material. I, I call this ironically ecological writing. You know, I recycle. <lacht> okay, gut. <lacht> But no, what I seriously want to say is that I have this Boy Scout mentality. If I Don't do at least some reading and writing every day. I feel guilty. Did I deserve to exist? No, and so on. But there is nothing that makes me happier as to invent the right word. You, as a philosopher, must also know that often you have the right idea, mm. but it's floating in the air. You miss the right word. And then all of a sudden, When this word comes, that's as close as I come to, let's call it slightly obscenely, mental orgasm. So, das ist eigentlich das Ziel. Ähm, aber trotzdem nochmal auf das Alter zu, zurückzukommen. Sie haben gesagt, die Arbeit ist, ist zentral für Sie, gibt Ihnen Halt, Struktur, Sinn. Ähm, was ist mit dem Tod? Denken Sie häufiger an den Tod, wenn Sie jetzt älter werden? Ist es eine... I think not in any mystical or orientalischer mm. way, but I don't think about dead, death. My uh, solution here is, uh, you know, in France, they have jokes about Monsieur La Palisse, who is telling tautologies, stupidities, but with a certain wisdom. And in the jokes, when this Monsieur La Palisse was dying, One sentence is, half a minute before he was dead, Monsieur La Palisse was still alive. You know? That's my attitude. I don't think death can be domesticated, mm -hmm. but I believe deeply, this for me is not a metaphor, in living in your life as a living death. Living death in the sense, for me, writing is already accepting that you are dead. The one philosopher whom 
Otherwise, I didn't have the best relations. Mm-hmm. Jacques Derrida mm-hmm. said very nicely that there is something testamentaris as if you are already dead in every writing. Also, Schreiben selbst ist eine Auseinandersetzung mit dem eigenen Tod und ist eigentlich ein, yeah, but, ein Loslassen but the, the von point selbst. is not to be obsessed with death. Mm-hmm. The point is to simply accept it as a stupid contingent detail, not Think about it, but accept it. And then go on working till you collapse. Wir reden auch da, darum über den Tod jetzt am Anfang, weil in den letzten zwei Jahren sind zwei Sachen passiert, nämlich die Pandemie und jetzt der Krieg in der, in der Ukraine. Und beide haben uns auch mit dem Tod und mit Elend äh, konfrontiert. Und sie haben über beides natürlich nachgedacht, äh, haben über die Pandemie auch zwei Bücher geschrieben. Das ist das zweite davon. Vielleicht am Anfang zur Pandemie. Ähm, was hat dieses kleine unsichtbare Virus für philosophische Einsichten angestoßen bei Ihnen? Als Philosopher, uh, I immediately made this parallel uh, between Hegel and Virus. Not only Hegel, but even uh, you know, with Hegel you have what he calls this. Uh, 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 infinite speculative judgment. Der Geist ist ein Knochen, where you oppose or identify the opposites. Also Georg yeah, Wilhelm yeah. Friedrich Hegel, der große deutsche Philosoph, yeah, der yeah. für Sie sehr wichtig der, ist, wenn wir noch... Größte. Vielleicht Schelling kommt in die Nähe. Uh, and my idea was this one. Then I noticed that many of today's philosophers, not just philosophers and not just today's, like, uh, you know, in cognitive sciences, Daniel Dennett, Richard Dawkins und so on. I don't always Der war auch schon hier, Daniel Dennett. Wirklich? Ja, als Gast er ist kein Idiot. Er Nein, ist kein Idiot. Nicht. He is one of these cognitive scientists whom I appreciate very much. And he also developed this idea that uh, our brain functions like, uh, like, uh, like occupied by viruses. That hmm. thoughts are viruses which basically control us. And the big shock, I like these unexpected connections. You know who was the first one to develop this idea? He's usually dismissed as a conservative, boring. I appreciate him much more than Dostoevsky. Leo Tolstoy. He said the whole theory that our mind is controlled by, he doesn't call them viruses, but bacilles, baci- yeah, bacilles. bacilles which reproduce themselves. Okay. And uh, <coughs> uh, uh, so uh, my idea is that now already our mind is in some sense uh, 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 occupied by viruses, our thoughts the alienated symbolic system which reproduces itself through us. Uh, was, 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 was heißt das? Was heißt das? Das, das heißt, but no, you find even this with, I don't agree with his formulation, you remember the other one, uh, Richard Dawkins, I think, he developed this idea of memes. Ja. Memes are viruses of the mind. He uses das sind wie Ideen, die wie Gene weitergehen und so und sich verbreiten. Yes, so. but the idea is Meme. that the The really active, a active part are 
Mens are ideas, and we are just a medium to, for the mens to reproduce themselves. Mm. Then at the higher level of speculation, we can even say that, my God, uh, uh, capitalism itself is a virus. Mm. A virus. And we are the no, the yeah, who, who, are, who are the trigger? Yeah, it's a yeah. virtual, anonymous system yeah. which nonetheless regulator being. And so my Hegelian formula would be Nicht der Geist ist ein Knochen, but der Geist ist ein Virus. Mm. And so this pandemic virus confronted us with the fact that it's not an exception. We live in a, in a universe of viruses, but let's go on. If I may just... You will Wir have haben time. nur eine Stunde, das wisst ihr. Ja, 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 ja. Aber ich, die Freunde nennen mir Fidel. Ja. Fünf <lacht> Minuten genossen und dann fünf Stunden. Okay, but ich weiß. No, something serious I want to say. As you began very well, it's not just the pandemic or now the war. We are really in a time of uh, four riders of the apocalypse. Today, it began, the first rider is plague, plague, viruses, uh -huh. so on. Uh -huh. Then the second rider is war. We are now in a war, potentially it is maybe a new world war. Then it's hunger. Everybody knows now because of the role of Ukraine and, uh, Ukraine and Russia in the supply of wheat to the world. There is serious possibility of hunger, uh, also global warming and so on. And then what would be the fourth rider? Death. I would here make a more contemporary twist. Not so much the usual. Death. Mm -hmm. Death is part of life. When people ask me about death, that's what I forgot. I quote my most beloved graffiti that was popular in the time of, maybe you know it, of Solidarność in Poland. Mm -hmm. It's the best definition of life you can imagine. Und? It's life is a disease which is transmitted by sex and always ends with death. Isn't this totally true? It's it's true. Okay. Yeah. But what I want to say is that, and I've written a book about it, uh, Hegel in a Wired Brain, mm -hmm. that much more important than physical, biological life survival is the consequences of, I don't know what's the German word, totale Vernetzung mm -hmm. of our brain. I'm not talking just about this capitalist digital control, all our moves are registered. We are now approaching something and we don't know what will it mean. At a very primitive level, it already can be done. That your brain is directly connected with the computer. Mm -hmm. So a computer can, it's still very primitive, but in remember, directly registers your thoughts. Mm. Now, of course, media present this to us as good news. Oh, you are totally crippled, but you just think about something and then that thing moves. Yeah, but it goes also the other way around. If your thoughts can directly make things move, then digital universe can directly intervene okay. into your... In other words, is thereby not put under threat what we spontaneously perceive as our innermost freedom. 
I can be enslaved in change, but what is in my head? Let's say you are the bad falterer, torturer. You cannot control that. Mm-hmm. No longer. It can be the perspective is that it will be done. And since this distance between inside and outside is the basis of our feeling of Freedom. I can at least think what I want. Make it. Und diese Freiheit steht jetzt auf dem Spiel mit dieser Innovation, dass ja. sozusagen die Gedanken ja. direkt, dass ja. es diese Schnittstelle in, gibt zwischen in, Gedanken in, und Körper. Is this not oder? in some sense the death of what we at least till now understand or understood as a human being? Mm. This, following Lacan, I would have called it second death, not physical death, but even when we are alive the death of what we understood till now as being human. Mm. So it is important that we take into account that we are in this difficult situation of a perfect storm where three, four crises are threatening us at the same time. I'm not necessarily a pessimist, but I think, I hope as a philosopher, we will agree with it. We need to think more than ever. Here, as a leftist, I always like to turn around Marx's thesis 11. Philosophers can have only interpreted the world. It's time also to change it. What if today we should rather say in 20th century, maybe we wanted to change the world too radically, too fast, and now we need to return to mm in a deeper way to interpret. Eine sehr philosophische Geste, sozusagen innezuhalten, Stopp zu machen und einfach mal nachzudenken richtig und diesen Satz äh, umzukehren. Das sagen Sie auch, wenn wir den Kapitalismus überwinden wollen, Sie sind ja einer der führenden Kapitalismuskritiker, dann müssen wir ganz anders anfangen nachzudenken über uns selbst, über die Gesellschaft, über die Welt. Und das wollen wir jetzt heute mal ein bisschen anschauen, wie Ihr Nachdenken ja. aussieht. Und es sind drei Figuren, sozusagen die heilige Trinität Ihres Denkens. Das ist, He- ist die dritte? Hegel, die- Marx und Lacan. Vielleicht würden Sie sagen, es gibt nur zwei. Marx, uh, Marx we, ist weniger. We see today clearly the limit. I will be very brief. Interrupting the limitations of Marx. First, his notion of p- proletarian identity. Mm. He has a certain teleology orientation towards a final goal, which is, I think, inscribed into his. Thought. It is that with working class revolution, proletarian self-consciousness, we are in a unique position. We step out of ideology. We have an agent who knows what he is doing. History becomes transparent. I think we should return from Marx to Hegel here. Mm-hmm. Hegel is for me, it may sound crazy, the philosopher of the opening of history towards the future. Because you know what Hegel says, and I deeply agree with him, that's the lesson of 20th century. In his uh, Vorrede to Rechtsphilosophie, Hegel says that philosophy cannot say anything about the future. It can only grasp a figure of life in its conceptual structure when this figure of life is already decaying. Es kommt wie die Eule der Minerva immer yeah, zu spät. Yeah. And in, isn't in der this the, and ja. So Hegel would feel, I think, like fish in a water in 20th century. Mm-hmm. We have first the outbreak of World War I. 
everybody was, at least in Europe, optimistic, constant progress, second half of 19th century, then a mega catastrophe. Mm. Then we have Stalinism. It began like some kind of... Uh, at least promise of liberation, we know where we are. Then we have the Fukuyama moment. We thought we are at the end. Das Ende der Geschichte. Ende der Geschichte. And now Geschichte returned. Yes. So Hegel is always very attentive to this. Hegel is not a cheap optimist. When you have even the best plan, mm. this is really List der Vernunft, the cunning of reason. Be sure that things will go somehow wrong. And what Hegel calls Versöhnung, reconciliation, is precisely reconciliation with this necessarily tragic outcome. Aber das ist wieder typisch Schischek, wenn ich mit, mit Verlaub das sagen, also eine kreative Fehlinterpretation. Aber dennoch, Hegel, sag das Wort wörtlich. It is pure ignorance. You know what's the problem with today's Hegelianer? <laughs> I appreciate it. I call them liberal, noch nicht da Hegelianer. Liberal in the sense that their highest value is anerkennung, mutual recognition, and then they project a certain future orientation in Hegel. The idea is that Hegel outlines a certain vision of future, of full freedom, mutual recognition, but he came too early. And then they are looking for a true Hegelian. For some young Lukacs, it's Marx. Only with proletarian revolution, we will be there. Then we have Fukuyama, who thought Hegelian moment is only today's liberal democracy. We even have stupid New Agers who think with so-called singularität, ja. When our brains will become one, that will be Hegel's absoluter Geist. No, Hegel is a much more pessimist. Hegel thinks future is undurchsichtig. Ja. And my problem with Marx is that he imagines capitalism, uh, sorry, uh, communism, mm -hmm. Freudian mistake, Freud, ja. communism as a time of this uh, transparency, Durchsichtigkeit, where history will no longer, or the system we are in, will no longer be alienated. We, our collective mind, will be able to control the situation. I think the lesson of Freud and Lacan is that, no, we will never get there, that uh, what our highest desire should be not a self-transparency of social life, but eine, I'm ironic here, but I like it, eine gute Entfremdung, a good alienation. Was könnte das heißen? Gute da, Entfremdung. This means we have to accept our, as humans, alienation in the sense that we are not just individuals communicating with each other. In every communication, there is a presence, only virtual, of what Jacques Lacan called le grand autre, grosse andere, the big other, the anonymous system which regulates it. All these norms and expectations yeah, and, 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 yeah, so. yeah, and especially important, I cannot emphasize this enough, because I think today this is threatened. Uh, I we should not underestimate the role of unwritten rules. You know, rules that regulate our communication are not just the explicit rules. Klar. Each system 
implies another domain which tells us how seriously we should take the explicit rules. For example, do you have the same everyday ritual in daily life? Let's say... Coffee. Coffee. Yeah, no, no, not even... Yeah, also, but let's say I am... I'm sure I'm not, but let's say I'm richer than you. I invite you to dinner. I'm sure. Do you also have this... Uh, Uh, ritual that when the bill arrives, you have to insist a little bit rhetorically, no, no, let's say, we both know you will at the end accept it. Mm -hmm. But we have to go through this ritual. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think, would you agree that with today's vulgar populismus, Trumpismus, but also on the left with political correctness, they violate or deny these unwritten rules. Like the problem with political correctness for me is that it wants to bring out all, for example, in sexuality, this also in explicit, explicit. for example, so. okay. in an American uh, university, which I visited, they showed me they have a book when they say you can When you are seducing a lady, you can grab her shirt, but not, but just superficially, but not open a button. Mm -hmm. You should always ask, can I now open the button and so on and so on. It's total, total, totale regulierung. Mm -hmm. And I find this very dangerous because this is not how our mind Works. Mm -hmm. All our, not only sexuality, but everyday politeness yeah. implies something said, something no said, something said, but not meant seriously, and so on. This is subtile and halbbewusste and This is, I think, threatened yeah. today. Jetzt haben Sie gesagt, das findet man bei, bei Jacques Lacan. Sie haben in, in den 80er Jahren in Paris studiert, bei seinem Schüler und Schwiegersohn, Jacques Alain Miller. Ja. Und dieser Jacques Lacan ist ganz wichtig für Sie und auch dieser Begriff des Realen. Wir möchten jetzt ein bisschen darüber reden und wir haben einen Einspieler vorbereitet, wo man Jacques Lacan äh, sieht. Wir schauen uns das mal kurz an. Bitte. Je dis toujours la vérité. Pas toutes, parce que toute la dire, on n'y arrive pas. La dire toute, c'est impossible matériellement, sans les mots qui y manquent. C'est même par cet impossible que la vérité touche au réel. First, I must say something that will Darf ich noch eine Frage stellen? Ja, nein, ist gut. Nein, nein, nein. Einfach loslegen. Ja, ja. Lacan was very deep influence on me, but rhetorically, at the level of behavior, nothing is more foreign to me than what ja, we have just seen. You know, there is a certain, for me, A, a fake, this Diese false. Kunstpausen die ganze Zeit. Yeah, ganz yeah, schlimm, yeah. yeah. I, I cannot be Aber like inhaltlich that. sind sie Aber, bei Ihnen. But uh, it's very important, here comes my Hegelianism, to understand what Lacan says here correctly. He doesn't say there is a truth out there, but we cannot fully grasp it. Something always uh, avoids us. 
I think that his point is much more Hegelian. Yes, we cannot tell all the truth. It's always antagonist inconsistent. But this antagonism and inconsistency are the real itself. So it's not that there is a deeper, real, scant thought, Dinkan sich out there beyond. And that's, I think, I usually take a very simple example here. Uh-huh. Adorno, in a very, in an early but good text on the notion of Gesellschaft, society, makes the same point as Lacan, I claim, where he says we have today two predominant notions of society. The individualist liberal, the ultimate fact are individuals and social networks grow out of our interaction. And on the other hand, the Emile Durkheim, Durkheimian organicismus. Society is first as a totality, individuals grow out of it. Then Adorno gave a wonderful, uh, formulates a wonderful antinomy. He says, we cannot resolve this antagonismus. It's one or the other. There is no synthesis. Mm-hmm. But then he adds something. That it's precisely this antagonism between individuality and anonymous system which characterizes our society. That's the basic Hegelian trick. What you think is an obstacle is its own Solution. That's When you, and this is what Lacan means, c'est par c'est pas tout. It is through this non-all antagonism inconsistency that we touch the real. Aber das ist interessant, dass dieses Reale, also diese, diese Lücke. Könnte man yeah, sagen. It's, Lücke. it's purely virtual. It's not a substantial reality behind. Aber was ist dieses Reale? Wenn, wenn ich etwas verstehen effect, möchte. In ein total, tot, a totally formal notion. It's something that is just an absent virtual point of reference mm-hmm. of what effectively exists. It has, it has, it's not a positive entity behind. Different things happen. Mm-hmm. If you want to understand these things, you need to refer to some absent virtual entity, not divine, but let's say an antagonism, to which all this, what empirically exists, refers. Ja, also es ist, wir haben sozusagen eine Welterklärung, sage ich jetzt mal, ein Weltbild und irgendetwas, das, das, das stört, das nicht reinpasst, das wir nicht ja, integrieren ja, können. Ja, dieser ja. unerklärliche Rest, der uns irri- irritiert, den Aber wir nicht einfangen können. But this, Aber uh, this, I like to refer to Schelling here, unaufhebbare Rest, doesn't exist outside our multiple attempts. It's just their effect. That's a very Lacanian thought that das Reale is not a substance which with our mind we cannot grasp. Das Reale as the impossible is produced through our very failure to reach it. That's a very Hegelian Lacanian thought that we always fail. But not in the sense that we miss something. Yes, we miss something. But that something emerges only through our failure to reach it. Das gehört zur Realität dazu. Dieser Fehler, diese is, Perspektive. Uh, here I am more transcendental. Here I would introduce the difference between Lacanian, between Realität und das Reale. Ja. Realität is out there. It's mm-hmm. what it is. Reale is this. Uh, is this uh, purely virtual 
excess, mhm. which is purely virtual. Ganz, ganz banale Frage. Gibt es dieses Reale draußen in der Welt, zum Beispiel jetzt der Krieg, eine Pandemie oder sowas, das irgendwie auch unser Denken ja, erschüttert? Kann man das, ist das auch? Auch, but in this precise sense that uh, it's reale, because we cannot really symbolize it. Ja. We, it's an, uh, already death is maybe something like that. Good philosophers, even Gadamer said once this, uh, he's not my type of philosopher, but he said that uh, there are things like death, horror, and so on, that you simply cannot really integrate into our everyday sense of reality. All these mythological examples, for example, we like to imagine some happy traditional time where dying was a normal process, all the family was there around you, you calmly died. This is a retroactive myth. There is, that's Lacan's point, every reality excludes something. Some, it excludes it in the sense that we cannot integrate it in our horizon of meaning. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is what happened here. That's why I like Zürich. You know, uh, uh, okay, a little bit far from here on the other side, beneath university, there is the Dada Cabaret uh, Voltaire or how Dada, Dada Café, you know, which is incidentally but it's a fake, it couldn't have happened. You know, which is my favorite theory of the origin of the name Dada. Yeah. It's fake, but it's beautiful. Yeah. You know that literally around the corner there, Lenin lived, mm -hmm. exactly at that time. And the myth is, it's a beautiful myth, that Lenin once visited, before it was called Dadaism, their performance, and applauded and said, Dada which in Russian means yes, yes. <laughs> they took, unfortunately, it's a myth. I think that between modern art and radical political movements, you never find consonance. That's all yeah. the dream of radical artists, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like futurists in the Soviet Union, we will be the artistic counterpart of, and so on. No, 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 it doesn't work, but, uh, uh, sorry, go on, I talk too much. Genau. Jetzt muss, wir haben über das Reale gesprochen. Ja. Schwierig zu definieren. Irgendwie gibt es das. Wir können es nicht in unser Symbolsystem, in unser Verständnis eingehen. Da gibt es noch die Realität. Und da spielt Hegel... Die Realität wieder, ist, was ist äh, konstituiert, ja, symbolisch immer. Das müssen wir jetzt verstehen. Ähm, weil Sie glauben nämlich, die Realität ist unvollständig. Ähnlich wie das die Quantenphysik sagt. Also zum Beispiel ein Elektron hat keinen konkreten, bestimmten Ort, erst dann, wenn wir es messen. Und dazu gibt es ein ganz berühmtes Gedankenexperiment von dem österreichischen Physiker Erwin Schrödinger. Schrödinger uh, uh, natürlich. Schrödingers Katze. Wir schauen uns das mal ganz kurz an. Es ist wirklich schwierig zu verstehen. Aufpassen. In einer geschlossenen Box befindet sich ein radioaktives Atom, ein Detektor, ein Hammer, ein Glas mit Gift und eine Katze. Radioaktive Atome haben die Eigenschaft zu verfallen. Man weiß nur nicht genau wann. Ein Detektor kann den Zerfall messen und ist so programmiert, dass er sobald er den Zerfall wahrnimmt, den Hammer auf das Glas mit dem Gift fallen lässt. Dieses Gift tötet sobald es austritt die Katze, also sind alle Versuchselemente vollautomatisiert miteinander gekoppelt. Es gibt nun die zwei Möglichkeiten, dass das Atom zerfällt und die Katze tötet und 
dass das Atom nicht zerfällt und die Katze am Leben bleibt. Das Atom ist aber nun ein Quantenobjekt und diese nehmen, solange wir sie nicht beobachten, keinen festen Zustand ein. Demnach befindet sich das Atom auch was den Zerfall angeht in der sogenannten Superposition. Das heißt, solange wir es nicht beobachten, deswegen befindet sich das alles auch in einer Box, ist es zerfallen und nicht zerfallen zugleich. Was natürlich schwer ist, sich vorzustellen, da quantenmechanische Zustände anders sind als das, was wir aus unserem Makrokosmos kennen. Erst wenn wir in die Box gucken, dann zwingen wir das Universum sich für eine Möglichkeit zu entscheiden. Ab dann ist es entweder zerfallen oder nicht zerfallen und entsprechend die Katze tot oder lebendig. Wenn nun aber in der geschlossenen Box das Atom zugleich zerfallen und nicht zerfallen ist, muss der Detektor auch zugleich ausgelöst und nicht ausgelöst sein. Dadurch hat der Hammer das Glas zerstört und nicht zerstört und das Gift ist ausgetreten und nicht ausgetreten. Demnach müsste, solange wir nicht in die Box gucken, die Katze tot und lebendig sein. Wie wir sehen, wechselwirken hier Objekte aus dem Mikrokosmos mit solchen aus dem Makrokosmos und diese müssten eigentlich jeweils ihren eigenen Naturgesetzen folgen. Dass das Atom aus dem Mikrokosmos gleichzeitig zerfallen und nicht zerfallen ist, ist völlig in Ordnung. Doch eine Katze ist kein Quantenobjekt und kann daher keine Superposition einnehmen. Eine Katze kann nicht tot und gleichzeitig lebendig sein. Und dieser Widerspruch ist das wahrscheinlich fundamentalste Problem unserer modernen Wissenschaft. Ja, ein eklatanter Widerspruch, der unser Denken an eine fundamentale Grenze bringt. Nämlich, dass wir anerkennen müssen, dass die Wirklichkeit widersprüchlich ist in ihrem Wesen drin, bis wir sie beobachten. Ja, aber... Uh, I want to add something here. You know probably that even today uh, people try to avoid this conclusion. Mm -hmm. For example, she's now, I think, very popular, at least in podcasts in Germany. Uh, 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 physicalische Theorist Sabine Hossenfelder. Mm -hmm. She tries She basically goes back to Einstein and claims that this uh, indeterminacy superposition simply means that our knowledge of reality is incomplete. Also, die wissen, es gibt keine Widersprüche, wir wissen es einfach nicht, wie es ist. Ja, so. ja, das ja. ist Einsteins Position gewesen. Ja. Aber die Quantenmechanik But here I'm absolutely for Niels Bohr, of course. No? And first thing to return back Niels to. Niels Bohr, der berühmte Physiker, ähm, genau muss man vielleicht dazu sagen. Vater von Quantumphysik mhm. and he is for me one of the authentic geniuses of 20th century, mhm. scientific and in general. If I may repeat here what I already did 50 times in my book, Niels Bohr gave the best definition that I know of how Ideologie functions today. Mit dem Hufeisen, oder was? Yeah, ja, yeah, erzählen Sie yeah. das. When he answers why does he have... Uh, uh, this erzählen Sie das, ja? Ja, ja, ja. The meat, but it's supposed to be true, is that Bohr uh, uh, had a, a, a house in the countryside where there was a horseshoe above the entrance, which allegedly prevents evil spirits to enter. And the friend visits him and says, but you are a scientist. You are not superstitious. Why do you have this? And Bohr answered, of course, I'm a scientist. I don't believe in it. But I was told that it works even if you don't believe in it. That's ideology heute. We are all cynical. We don't believe in it. But we somehow rely on it that it works. But back to this quantum problem. You know, what I did in my books, it's maybe too wild a speculation, I tried to link quantum physics to Schelling, who in his Weltarter Fragmente also 
formulates the hypothesis that beneath our own ordinary reality with fixed object, there is another virtual potential reality which is flissant, more ambiguous, and so on. But now I come to the central, to the central point. <clears throat> Again, Bohr did a properly Hegelian thing. What others before him thought is just the limitation of our knowledge. He said, no, my God, why couldn't it be in the thing itself? Why cannot the thing itself be indeterminate? Mm -hmm. This is for me extremely important because, again, it allows us to move beneath rather than beyond our ordinary notion of reality, which is still, I think, descending from 19th century The basic uh, uh, idea was what is ultimate reality? Empty space where some small particles are jumping up and down, no? But now, if I may use another example from my books, this is what really fascinates me. Namely, that uh, uh, imagine the theological consequences of this uh, uh, incompleteness of Reality. Mm -hmm. And I found in an introduction to philosophy by Nicholas Fern, he is aggressively analytic, he hates my theory probably, but he made a wonderful observation. He says that we can imagine or interpret this imperfection of reality as an effect of God's laziness. Look, <laughs> God was creating the er universe. Nicht, nicht yeah, why? He uses this guy a wonderful parallel. He said, look, you play ah. a video game. And of course, the, if it's not, you are walking on a street shooting, in the background you see forest. Of course, the programmer didn't program in detail all the trees there, because it's not part of the game that you go there. Mm -hmm. He left it incomplete. Mm -hmm. And he said, what it was the same with God. He said, people, humans are too stupid. They will never reach the subatomic <laughs> level. Sehr so gut. I will not care Sehr to gut. program Sehr it. No? Also, nicht, genau, die Idee ist nicht, wenn man im Videospiel dahin geht, dann sieht es unscharf aus, aber nicht, weil wir es unscharf sehen, sondern es ist einfach unscharf. Es ist nicht programmiert. Ja. Reality is like that, but ah, dann sind the, wir klüger, als Gott gedacht hat. Eh? That's the idea that we were, and this would be for me the proper, but we can talk about later not, Kierkegaardian position. Sören Kierkegaard, der dänische Philosoph. Yeah, yeah. But Ganz let kurz me, vielleicht, ja, interessiert mich. No, no. <coughs> Ganz kurz. No, no, I, no. it would be okay, too much because I would have but. to return to Pascal. You know, Pascal's Wette, Wager. Mm -hmm. He doesn't mean simply detailed analysis have shown it. His idea is not if you don't believe, act as if you believe and belief will come or whatever. No, basically, if you read Pascal, his pensée, really in detail, his idea is that if you know that God believes but don't act as if but act and act as if he believes you are a usual religious man, not interesting. If you act as God, if you don't believe in God and act as if God doesn't exist, you are a secular philosopher. Mm -hmm. Things get interesting when you paradoxically join the two. Like the usual 
humanist agnostic position is, I know God doesn't exist, but I, out of respect for tradition, I act as if he exists, it helps. But the true Kierkegaard's position is much crazier. It is, I know that God exists, but I will act as if he doesn't exist. And I think if you replace God with today's God, who is scientific determinism, Okay. That is, should be our position. Yes, I know science is telling us that we are not free, but I will do crazy things. I will act as if I am free. But it's Say more complicated. But sorry, I just, uh, uh, no, no, just uh, to go with that. Wir müssen noch zum Kapitalismus kommen, irgendwann. Okay, Kapitalismus siegt immer. Okay, dann gehen siegt wir immer. zum Kapitalismus. Weil mich interessiert, all diese theoretischen Überlegungen, wie hängen die jetzt zusammen mit ihrer gesellschaftspolitischen Forderung, dass wir den Kapitalismus überwinden müssen? Das ist die erste Frage. Gibt's, was ist der Konnex? Uh, uh, I'm, I remain here, but in a very critical way, without accepting Marxist conclusions about capitalism. I remain here a Marxist. Now, first, good things about capitalism. You know, today it's so fashionable to say, oh, look at the third world. We have their remains of ancient traditions. They should, they can be used as a resistance against global capitalism. No, I think with all the horrors it produced, globalization creates a space for new reasons. And this was Marxist dogma always. Yes, we have to go through capitalism to some other order, but we can do this only through capitalism. Mm -hmm. Because capitalism destroys all the traditional values, hierarchies and so on. Ständische Verdammung. Yeah, so Marx yeah. was always very clear here. So I'm absolutely not in this position, uh, local traditions, you know, some African, Latino American can Also nicht Entschleunigung, no, Nachhaltigkeit. The, the only space of Freiheit, of freedom, yeah, is Kapitalismus. And, uh, this, but the problem with Marx is how he imagined the Überwindung going through Kapitalism. I would say that Marx, Marx's idea of communism was Kapitalismus ohne Kapitalismus. He wanted to keep all this capitalist productivismus, endless development and so on. And you know where we see Marxist... China, in, in China, oder? In, uh, Kapitalismus, in, in aber China is, China is for me the deepest paradox and the greatest danger today. You know what? I will give you a very simple definition, uh, determination. <coughs> We, the old 20th century leftists, hated about capitalism two things. On the one hand, brutal market competition, where some are rich, millions are very poor, <coughs> and strong state control. Mm -hmm. Didn't China precisely unite the two in the most efficient way? Mm -hmm. So I think uh, China... Although I admire their, the way they proceed, they are not stupid. They see the problems with liberal capitalism, but in the long term, I don't see solution in their version. Warum, haben Sie eine Utopie? Ist das, oder ist das eine doofe Frage? Was stellen Sie sich vor? Was, was? I'm, I'm here a Hegelian. I'm afraid of, uh, 
utopias, if anything, my utopie is eine gute Entfremdung. In other words, this is very personal. You know, now that we know that traditional social democracy and real socialism no longer work, some desperate leftists cling to this local non-representative democracy. Imagine living in a small, authentic community where you meet with others regularly, you, def you determine how we will score our children, what we do with environment, and so on. Participative. I, yeah, I cannot imagine a more horrible world. <laughs> The every afternoon, I will have to talk about where do we get water, electricity. You know, I want, I want an anonymous, not too oppressive mechanism to take care of all this. Aber der muss ja demokratisch legitimiert ja, werden. Ja, ja, no, no, hier, ja. Aber dennoch, it must be out there, ja. non-transparent to me. Mhm. I think this is the only space of freedom. And so my utopia is, I gave in Spain a talk, they were shocked, they attacked me, um, that they asked me the same question as you. My answer was rational bureaucratic capitalism is socialism. <laughs> you know, you allow market, but it is clear today. That's my big argument even for war communism that uh, with all the trouble we are in now, war, pandemic, possibilities of hunger, immigrations. I'm not talking about abolishing markets. A world government today would have meant incredible corruption. Better not think about it. But we must find a way to minim establish international cooperation and minimally direct control the markets. Look at global warming. What happened, you remember last summer in uh, my favorite almost places in the world, uh, Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, mm. temperatures of 50 degrees. Ja, jetzt auch in Indien war er also Ja, but you know what's crucial? This has nothing to do with their local pollution. Mm. The whole air circulation on the northern pole is interrupted, which means only through strict international strong cooperation And the problem is how to invent it, because whenever we are in trouble, we retreat to protectionism, will we be able to solve it? It's a, I think it's a matter of survival for us, only in this sense. Forget about Central Committee, the ESD, or whatever, 20th century, will we be able to solve To find a solution for us. Aber es braucht nicht, wie die Klimajugend fordert, einen Systemwechsel, System Change, not Climate Change. Aber was heißt das? Also es braucht Anpassungen. Uh, no, auch, uh, es ist no. sehr so moderat, klingt das jetzt. But you know how I uh, define myself? That's my new definition, which horrifies all my uh, leftist friends. Seit wann ist die gültig? Uh, zwei Jahre. Mm -hmm. Ich bin ein moderat konservativ Kommunist. That is to say, by communismus, I mean, we will have to seriously change in the direction of more social cooperation, global healthcare, and so on, mm -hmm. our global system. But you know what I appreciate with intelligent, moderate conservatives? Lenin liked this in them. He wrote this. He said... They mean it seriously. They are not cheap, lib cheap liberals who just promise things, welfare. A, a good 
conservative always thinks about, wait a minute, what are the dangers? What will be the price we will have to pay for it? So I'm not talking about Trumpian, populist, whatever. Hat dieser Konservatismus auch mit dem Alter zu tun? Mit dem? Mit dem, mit dem zunehmenden Alter? Sind Sie konservativer geworden in Ihren Ansichten? No, because I am still radical. I think radical changes will be necessary. I think we will. We are approaching at least the high probability of a crisis. Global warming means uh, that now in India and so on means less food, means new migrations. Mm -hmm. What will happen when, for example, from uh, Middle East, where Really, I was there, I checked it. I was there in Dubai as a tourist when temperature rose to 55. And even local people told me there, no, no, it's not that we can get used to it. It's unlivable. So great changes will have to take place. How to do it without war? That's the problem. Mm. But also, poverty, But we have to... This is why... Another shock for my leftist friends. I don't think, the, I don't like this focus on immigration. You know, we should open our doors. No, if we open our doors, just open, we will have millions here and then uh, ordinary people, populists, will vote against this. We will have a civil war or whatever. I think that the problem is not opening the door to here, but to to put it very simply, to now address the situation, why are they coming here? We have to change the entire system. Because you know what's also my problem with immigrants? Never forget something. Mostly, not the truly poor are coming here. Those who come here are usually, many of them, half criminal, you have to have money to pay the smugglers and so on and so on. A different approach... Da muss man auch vorsichtig sein, ha? Vorsichtig, ja. Yeah. And I got, you know, Keine now. Vorurteile I, bedienen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now I, they gave me a wonderful answer. Now I publish a lot with Die Welt in Germany, a paradox, mm. who is moderately conservative. Mm. And you know, I have a dialogue with them. I told them, but nonetheless, I'm some kind of communist, although moderately conservative. Why do you publish me? And you know what the answer I got from them? No problem, because we are moderately communist conservatives. You know? so it's a, <lacht> as they say in Casablanca, beginning of a beautiful French. <lacht> Sie haben gesagt, das Ziel ist gute Entfremdung. Ich habe Ihnen hier einen Spiegel mitgebracht. Ja. Wenn Sie da reinschauen, was sehen Sie da? Ist das gute Entfremdung? Es ist etwas absolut schrecklich. Because I hate... Uh, I hate uh, uh, mirrors. I hate uh, seeing myself on screen. I haven't seen any of the films in which I. Sie haben so viele Filme gemacht und nie angeschaut. No, but no, no, it's not, it's not kind of postmodern arrogance or whatever. I'm not playing a game with all my nervous tics and so on. When I see myself for more than one minute on screen, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. Weil Sie meinen, das ist eine andere Person oder weil Sie... Nein, no, the problem is that it is me, but I don't like what I see. This is a disgusting, nervous guy. I'm a writer, basically, although mm. I also like to talk, bla bla. Aber die much. Leute feiern Sie auch für Ihre Auftritte und genau für das, was Sie hier zeigen. Komisch, yeah, but, but for, me, for me, this is a problem. Okay. Weil Sie identifizieren sich mit den Texten.
Absolutely. Absolutely. This is why I also... Dieses Gespräch sollte man auch nicht schauen, sondern eigentlich die Bücher lesen, würden Sie sagen. Okay, die anderen Leute können das tun. Aber ich will... will I will do something else. I will see it when it will be on TV, but without the image. Mm, hören. Just in voice. And I propose you a nice manipulation. Why don't you do this, not with Untertiteln, but you hear my voice, and then you put my voice in the background, and somebody reads the translation, where you can manipulate then and mistranslate me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm evil by nature. Ja, äh, wir sind schon leider fast am Ende des Gesprächs. Am Schluss Dann eine gute, tiefe Frage, to which I can answer in a, then, you know, ask me, what is the meaning of death and life? And then I will say some Zen Buddhist shit like clap with one hand. Ich wollte Sie jetzt fragen, ich schenke Ihnen hier etwas von diesen Dingen und Sie können auswählen. Das ist eigentlich die, die Schlussfrage. Wisdom is by definition this one. Was steht da drauf? I am, uh, <coughs> Weisheit ist bei Definition uh, Dummheit. Ah, no, 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 no. I have a whole theory of this. If Damit you want die Kamera for, sieht. Ah. ah ja, Sie können auch anziehen, uh, gerne. No problem. Sehr for gut. me... Uh, uh, Sitzt ja perfekt. Yeah. You know, all guys, even I define myself as an atheist Christian, paradoxically. But Weil er Gott selbst gestorben ist. Is he, what he says are... B B uh, madness is, he is not wise, he brings radical upheaval. The, for me, the embodiment of wisdom are proverbs. And I don't know how it is with your language, but in my language, mm. I cannot imagine anything more disgustingly conformist than proverbs. Whatever you do, it can be justified by a proverb. Let's say you do something risky and you succeed. Then I, as a wise guy, will come and say, yeah, yeah, we have a saying, only those who risk profit, you know. I justified. Okay, let's say you do it and you fail. I will come again and I will say something. We have in Slovene a very vulgar proverb. Don't urinate against the wind because then it will... You know, this is for me the truth of wisdom, that it can retroactively justify everything. So for me, mm. we don't need wisdom which gives a false peace. What would be the wisdom? I tried it once uh, uh, in a parodic way, but I did it in Israel, and there were even people with tattooed signs who agreed with me. I said, your situation there was so desperate that wouldn't the most disgusting thing be, let's say a wise guy, maybe a Nazi, comes to Jews who are there starving of death and tell them something like, resign yourself to it, suffering is part of life. You always ha can find a little piece of happiness even here. This is an obscenity. This is wisdom for me. We need madness. We need well thought, but nonetheless crazy decisions. Das nehme ich als Schlusswort. Danke, Slavoj Žižek, für diese tolle Stunde. Und ich habe viel gelernt. Ich bin sehr dankbar zu, zu dir. Und ich werde sagen, dass, äh, weil du nicht ein schlechter Mann war, wenn wir, das Volk, das Volk, die Mark, wir, 
I as embodiment of the people. When we take power, you will not go to Gulag. Just it would be Danke. good. Two, three years of Zwangsarbeit. Ja, das, das ist, ist okay. Das ist gütig. Das ist human. Das ist human.